Hey everybody, welcome to the Enduring Faith Podcast. This is episode 13 and today I'm talking about surrender. Um, This one is something that is a struggle for me constantly because of my control issues. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I'm sure some of you can. Um, So I'm just going to share a little bit about why this is so important to me, why this topic is important, and then um, just share a few things that I try to work on often to uh, help with my control issues and help me to try to surrender my life to the Lord. So just some history about surrender for me. Um, About five years ago, I was, well, my husband and I were starting in our first freedom group at church, and um, it was around this time, fall semester, and um, we were really trying to seek the Lord that year. That was the year that uh, we decided to go all in. Our pastor says at the beginning of every year, just you know, give me a year, go all in, do all the things, do a freedom group. So we decided to do that. And um, that year, I've talked a little bit about um, some stuff that happened that year in earlier episodes. Um, I think I told a story about the man that prayed over me at work in one of the earlier episodes. Um, that was in the spring of that year. And then um, that summer, I'm not even sure if I told the story about the panic attack that I had in the kitchen floor, but in my striving and trying to be the perfect mom, the the soccer mom, the football mom, um, and also <laughs> dragging our poor one-year-old or two-year-old, whatever she was at the time, around Um, Well, I guess she was older than that. I don't know, four, (laughs) whatever. It's all a blur. I was doing everything I possibly could to be perfect. And um, we were, we had a really um, high mortgage payment and we had car payments and we just were trying to live this life that we had created ourselves without including God. We didn't really seek him for any decisions. We had not, um, I mean, we had prayed, we actually prayed for that house and, and got it. And it was just, you know, we thought that God had given to us, which I mean, I really, to this day also do believe that he did give us that house. He gave us the desires of our heart. And in that moment in my kitchen floor, trying to breathe, trying to catch my breath, and just trembling, crying in the kitchen floor, completely exhausted and worn out, I heard the Lord say to me, I've given you everything you've ever wanted. And I knew without a doubt that 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 was the Holy Spirit speaking to me in my moment of crying out to God. And then the next thing was your wants don't align with mine. And so needless to say, it was very convicting. I realized at that moment that he really had given us everything we wanted. I mean, we wanted the cars, we wanted the house, we wanted that specific neighborhood, we wanted all these things. And it was all coming to fruition. And it was absolutely not what we thought it would be when we got there. So that started the process of really seeking the Lord for his will and seeking 
his desires and um, his wants so that my wants could align with his. And um, of course, in God's perfect divine timing, (laughs) that happened. And then we started this freedom group where um, you kind of go through, it's a 12-week group where you go through some things that maybe are blocking your heart, heart blockages, where there's some things that might be keeping you from the abundant life that God has planned for you. So one of the topics during that 12-week process is surrender. And when I was younger, when I was in college, probably, um, that's when Friends was really popular. And um, a lot of my friends would call me Monica because (laughs) I was just such a stickler about things being right and um, like rules for games or just whatever. It just had to be right. And I just, I just had to have control. It was really control is what it boiled down to. I had no idea that's what it was at the time. It was funny. Um, it's just who I was. I said, you know, I'm just like that, you know, whatever. I had kind of written myself into this role of um, being this way. And it wasn't until the freedom group that I was confronted um, or convicted, Holy Spirit conviction, just reading through the material and listening um, to the discussion that the control issues stem from pride. And (laughs) of course that hurt my feelings because, you know, pride. So I have learned that pride is very sneaky And most people who struggle with pride don't realize that they have an issue (laughs) because the pride just blinds you from it. You think that you're just doing things the way they should be done. And, you know, you feel like you have to just make everything happen the way it's supposed to happen. And what that really is, is pride in you. It's that idea that you have control. that you actually can can create this world that you're living in or create a life for yourself. And I know that's a fine line because there there are things that you can absolutely do to um to make your life better or to, you know, you have to you have to work at some things in life. I'm not saying you should just lay around and God's going to do stuff magically for you. We all know that that's that's not what the Bible says. That's not um you know, what Jesus teaches, but we also have to understand and trust and know that God is the one that's in control and that he truly does want our wants to align with his. He wants us to want the life that he has created for us. He designed us and created us all for a purpose since before we were born. He knew the time in which we would be living He knew the place in which we would be living, and he has something for each of us to do. And so when we take over and we push his plan to the side, we try to manipulate things and we try to force things to happen. And what I've learned through all of this is that God's vision for us is so much bigger than what we could ever even imagine. And so I'll get into that a little bit um, here in a minute. But this Bible verse that our pastor uses in the freedom curriculum is 
or not verse, but story is, um, just an awesome image of what surrender should look like for us. So in Ezekiel 47, there is a story where he sees this vision of a river flowing down from the temple and he goes out into the water and it's ankle deep. And then he goes out into the water and he's knee deep. And then he goes out in the water and he's waist deep. And then he goes deep enough to where he can't swim and he can't, he can't hold himself up anymore. He can't cross over. He can't, he's basically losing control. And so, um, in verse nine of Ezekiel 47, it says swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. And so basically in this vision that Ezekiel has, when you're standing in the ankle deep water and you're not allowing yourself to go, to flow, you're stuck. You're stuck in that one place with your limited view. And although, you know, there may be good things around you, what you see on the shore is, is probably nice. It's comfortable. It's nice. It's okay. So you have no idea what you're missing by staying there. Same thing when you go knee deep. You're a little, you know, a little bit deeper, a little bit closer to the, all of the quote, living creatures, (laughs) but you are still stuck. You're holding yourself back and then waist deep. Your feet are still planted into the mud, but once you allow yourself to float and you hand over that control and say, Lord, take me where you want to lead me and lead me down your river to where all of the the living creatures are, all of the abundance. So that was eye-opening to me for a couple of reasons, but for for one was the idea of that control, like what kind of life am I living? Am I living the life, am I ankle deep or am I floating down the river or somewhere in between? And Honestly, that first semester, that first freedom group, because we did multiple freedom groups, um, that first freedom group, I wrote in my book, I'm ankle deep. I mean, I really was clinging to everything around me so that it didn't feel like I was losing control. And um, I just really struggled with that concept. I didn't, I didn't like to think that I was missing out on whatever God had for me, but I also couldn't stand the thought of not controlling things either. So what keeps us from letting go? You know, what's keeping us from letting go of our position, our stance, our control, our own plans? What's keeping us from floating down the river? What's at that core of that desire to just to have everything planned out, you know, and that frustration we have when we have to alter the plan or things don't go the way we planned. What is that? You know, that's, that's that stubborn pride is what it is where we just cling to our own agenda and it blinds us from seeing any potential and freedom that we could have by allowing God to carry us and float down the river of the of the life that he has planned for us. So 
if you think about pride in that way, you know, there's, there's different pride, right? There's pride when you are um, proud of something you've done or you're proud of your children. I mean, there's, there's good pride, right? There's not, it's not always a horrible thing. So just want to put that out there, but we don't want to lose sight of the source that allows us to live the life that we're striving for or planning for, right? So we may think, you know, I planned this and so, you know, I worked really hard and I got what I worked hard for and forget that the Lord is the source of everything that we needed to get to that point. He's the source of, of all the resources that had to come into play for us to get to wherever we were, you know, that we're so proud of being. And so we just can't forget that we are actually not fully in control and that God is in control of the whole world. And we have to remember that pride is the opposite of surrender. And I never, I never thought about that. I never considered that at all until, um, learning it that semester. And, one of the verses that I just cling to now because of those experiences is Proverbs sixteen nine, where it says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And then Proverbs sixteen three, going back up, actually says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. And so you see there's that um, connection there between your plans, you know, you come up with your plans, but God ultimately determines your steps. So whether you're actually, you know, if your plans are coming to fruition, he still is controlling that. He's making that happen. If, um, if it goes opposite or if it goes a different direction, he's controlling that too. So if you are clinging to something else and you're stuck with those, you know, feet plugged into the mud of the river and you're not allowing yourself to surrender and go with God, then it makes life really difficult. And so it's, it's just hard. If you're like me and you like things to be a certain way, then it is really hard to even imagine that concept of just floating and allowing God to just move you wherever he wants you to go. And so, you know, when we think about pride taking root like a vine, I like to think of it in that, in that situation in Ezekiel, like the, the, the pride root has gripped itself around my ankles, holding me in that position in the water and it's not letting me float. And I don't know about you, but (laughs) I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to be stuck anymore in any situation. And that's how I felt, you know, when I learned all of this, it was like, wait a minute, there could be so much more. There's this, there's this place of abundance that God has for me. And I'm not there because I just am clinging to my own plans. Like I don't want to cling to my own plans anymore, but it's hard, right? So what else prevents us from, from letting go besides pride? What I think is fear. 
but what are we really afraid of? So I really pondered this because, you know, if I can say that it's fear that's holding me back, but it's the, it's all that, what if, what if this happens or what if that happens? And really the fear is that I'll lose control. The fear is that I won't be able to control my circumstances, you know, things will happen and I won't know how to handle it, you know, all of these things. And all of that goes back to not surrendering, right? It's that pride of still thinking that I'm the only one that can fix something if it goes wrong. And y'all, that is not where you want to live, I promise. (laughs) So how do we surrender? How do we learn to just let go and float down that river and live in the abundance that God has for each of us? So that is the question of today. So I have three things just real quick that I put together that have helped me and I'm sure that they will help you too. So I just want to share what I've learned. The first one is recognize where you're trying to control things. Um, what are the areas in your life where you haven't fully committed to the Lord? You know, so like what things are you still clinging to thinking that you um, don't need any help? Or maybe you haven't asked him to help or you haven't recognized that um, that you're doing it all on your own and you haven't you haven't given it to him so that he can help you with it. What are those things? There's um, a psalm that you can pray that will help you with this. And it's Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And y'all watch out. If you pray that prayer, he will show you. If you genuinely are praying that prayer and you are asking and seeking him for answers, he will show you. He will point out to you the things that are in your way and the things that offend him. And like maybe your pride and it might hurt a little bit. (laughs) Speaking from experience. Um, but it's the best thing ever to have those things, to have those convictions. And I know in an earlier podcast too, I talked about the difference between conviction and condemnation and conviction is just that Holy Spirit prompting like, Hey, let's go this way. This is a better way. Whereas condemnation is not from the Lord but it's those lies from the enemy saying, you're bad, you're wrong, you're insignificant, you can't do this, or you shouldn't have done that. Um, that's that condemnation that makes you feel unworthy and unloved is not from the Lord, but the Lord will convict you. And all that is, is a prompting in your spirit to turn and go a different way. So just keep that in mind that when you're praying this prayer, it's not like lightning's going to strike you and, you know, whatever. He's going to lovingly, gently shift you and change your heart. And it's, it's amazing. And you definitely need to try it. 
The second thing is practice surrendering daily. So pray and ask God to just take over your life, release the controls, and trust Him. Um, You may need to start small. (laughs) Just invite Him into all of your plans each day. Um, So just an example of this is the house that we were in when I had that panic attack was um, over you know, it was above our means. We realized that we couldn't afford it and that we needed to do something different. And we, we just weren't sure what that was, but we did feel that Holy Spirit prompting to sell the house. And so with our very limited human plan, (laughs) we thought that we were going to have to stay in that neighborhood for our children to stay in that school we thought we were going to have to buy a really old fixer-upper and maybe, hopefully, one day actually be able to fix it up because we didn't have the money to afford that house. So what made us think we were going to be able to afford another house? And we just really thought we needed all the money out of that house that we could. So we tried to sell it on our own without a realtor because we just needed the money. That was our plan. We had to sell it and get all the money out of it because we just couldn't afford anything. Well, after the house not selling for the eight months that we tried to sell it on our own um, without a realtor, we took it off the market and we were like back to square one. Maybe we heard God wrong. Maybe this, maybe that. But we just continued to really press in and just ask him for direction. Like we surrender this house to you. We surrender our plans to you. Whatever you want us to do, we'll go wherever you want us to go. And no joke, the house became infested with brown recluse spiders. (laughs) And we were like, um, we got to get out of here. So at that point, we got a realtor. Well, first we had to take care of the spiders. We had to do the whole, move all of our stuff out. I mean, it was a whole nightmare. Two weeks of uh, just craziness. And it was a couple thousand dollars, I believe, to handle the brown recluse spiders. So after that, we got a realtor. And what happened at that point is only God. And you know, we just surrendered the whole situation to him. And not only did the house sell in a month, after we listed it with a realtor. But what happened after that is what's the most amazing thing. And it's just that floating down the river abundance that we couldn't see with our limited human, measly little plans. But he ended up blessing us in the most amazing way. Like, I don't, I honestly can't even, I'd have to go back to my journals and read, read through everything again, because it still blows my mind to this day that we ended up in that process, building a house outside, just outside of the city. And I I can't even, I can't even explain it. Y'all it's only God. It's only God that we were able to afford that. I mean, a series of things had happened, um, in that process, in that eight months of, trying to sell the house. We paid off credit card debt. Um, pretty sure we paid off credit card debt when my husband lost his job <laughs> and got a severance package that we used to pay off the debt. So like all of this stuff is happening while our house is on the market, while we're trying to sell it ourselves. And we're not even recognizing 
all of these mega blessings taking place that are are preparing us and leading us to a place where God could bless us more than we ever asked or imagined. And so that is where surrender is key. I mean, if if we stick to our own plans and we stick to you know, controlling everything, our situation, then we're just missing out on what God has for us if we just hand it all over and float down that river. So, sorry, little tangent on that one. (laughs) That was practice surrendering daily. Um, Then the third thing is write down the results and tell your story. So again, I should have, I should have gone through my journals and read some of the stuff that I had written back then, but um, but but I am sharing my story, and it's so important that, you know, we have this tendency to forget how faithful he is, and when we forget is when we go back to our old ways, and, you know, I have a tendency to go back to trying to control and trying to, you know, fit everything into this nice little neat box, and so that's where it's important to practice daily. That's that prayer daily, like, Lord, more of you, less of me. I need you to take over this situation. I trust you. I know you're in control. Lead me and guide me. And then, and then go just like, you know, Moses had to take that step into the, (laughs) into the sea. And then it split. Like you still have to do your part, but you have to trust the Lord that he's going to do his part as well. So, you know, we can quickly forget how wonderful it feels when we're um, in that place of floating and that abundance once something bad happens and we end up, you know, in an, in a position where we're like, oh no, something didn't go the way that I planned and this isn't supposed to happen and what if, what if, what if, and here I am now completely forgetting where I just was. And now my feet are planted back in the mud, that pride vine just wrapped tightly around my ankles. And then I get caught up in that, that worldly pressure of trying to fix everything and make everything perfect. And if we don't remember the things that God has done for us, then we end up staying there. But we have to remember those things. We have to go back and say, you know what? I remember when God did did this for me. And the best way to remember that and to keep it at the forefront of your mind is to write it down and tell people about it. Don't be afraid to share your stories of how God has blessed you, how he is faithful, and he is in control of your life. The more you talk about it and the more you tell people, the more you'll remember when you're back in that mud again, trying to control everything, you'll be like, ah, oh, you know what? I need to surrender this. And so it's a process and I am not there yet. <laughs> Trust me, I am still in the process, but I just want to share what I've learned because I know it's helping me Um to just remember in those times that maybe next time I won't stay in that mud as long, that maybe I'll get to that floating point a little sooner. And so it's just so important that we just trust him. It becomes easier over time. The more we do this and the more we, um, 
we share about his faithfulness, it becomes easier to let go and let God, you know, the, the saying, let go and let God, but it's so true. Like let him take over. Um, our confidence can come from our own striving and our own successes, uh, which, you know, is always on the verge of collapse. Let's be honest. <laughs> we can, we can trudge our own way, but it's like we're always teetering and it's, it always feels like everything's right on the verge of just falling apart or our confidence can come from the creator of the universe who already has amazing things planned for us. Plans we can't even begin to think of on our own, just like our house situation a few years ago when all that was going on. Like we never in a million years thought that he would have done that for us. I mean, we just couldn't imagine it ourselves until we lived it. And so he has that for you. He has that for you. So think about what are you clinging to today that you need to surrender? What situation has you stressed out? Has you maybe collapsing in your kitchen floor? Maybe you're not there yet, but what is going on in your life right now that you need to surrender, that you need to say, okay, Lord, I need you to take over my plans and I need you to lead me Show me anything that's in me that offends you. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. Take me down the river. What is it? What can you think of today? What plans or circumstances have you forgotten to ask him to take over? And then Psalm 139, 23, and then hand it over. Surrender it. Practice it daily. And then write down, even if, even try to remember things that happened in the past that you can just write down and remember his faithfulness. And that will then give you, um, fuel to keep going and surrender and float down the river. So I hope this was helpful today. Um, I probably could talk about this for like a whole hour at least, but, um, I just, it's a struggle that I feel like a lot of people in our culture today have because there's so much pressure. There's so much pressure on us to be perfect, to look perfect, to, or, you know, at least to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to live a certain kind of lifestyle. Um, if you're a mom, you have to, you know, do these things. And if you're not a mom, you have to do these things. Or if you're married, you have to do this. And if you're not married, you, you can't do this. Or you have to, you know, like, there's so much pressure from our society that is only brought on by humans, right? So if we can just take that step back, invite him in, plan with him, invite him into your plans, let him be a part of your plans, seek him for each next step, hand it over to him and surrender. And I just pray that each and every one of you will have that experience of letting it go letting him lead you and just floating down that river to that life of abundance the the place where there's all the living things I just pray that for every one of you and um, I would love for you to reach out to me if you have 
your own stories of a time where you surrendered or maybe a time when you didn't surrender (laughs) and the lessons you learned from it or whatever. I would love to hear your stories because I just know that it's so important to share these stories with people. So thank you all for listening again and um, I'll be back in two weeks.